Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. I was praying for the last two weeks. I was thinking, yeah, what can I, what, you know, what can I talk about here today? What does God want to share? And you kind of go through the motions of thinking, you know, what is it that people need to hear? What is it that God's been doing in my heart? And, um, you know, I was writing something. I'm like, no, that's not right. Keep going and keep going and keep going. And eventually I got stu- stuck on something that I really felt that, um, that God wanted to talk to all of us about. And it's something that's a lot closer to my heart than anything that I was kind of um, thinking about or, or felt God was talking to me about before. So I'll just quickly share a bit about, um, I guess, a bit of a background of myself and, and where the preachers can go here today. So I grew up in a family with a mum and a dad. I had two sisters, and uh, my mum and my dad are two different people, obviously. But I learned sort of two different ways of, of um, I guess, approaching life, if you like. My mum was a thinker. She was the, the thinker that always reasoned, always liked to sit down with people and, and, and talk about what was going on and the deep issues of life. Um, I th- she ended up becoming a psychologist as well, so go figure. And I think from that perspective of hanging out with my mum, I really learned to, I guess, deal with um, or kind of um, uh, practice the kind of empathetic side of, of who I am as a person, communicating with people, listening to them, um, you know, about the, the, the problems that we go through. Um, my father, on the other hand, he was the doer. He was like, okay, no, I don't have time to talk about that kind of stuff. Let's just go and do something. Um, not like he didn't want to go there or he didn't have time to talk about these things or uh, that he didn't have the ability to do it, but he just wanted to get on with the job. And um, so two different people in my life. So I grew up and every time I'd go through this kind of turmoil or, or, or problem in my life, you know, through my teens or whatever, I would say to my dad, Dad, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? And he would just be, oh, don't worry about that. It'll sort itself out. Let's just go and work in the garden or let's go fishing or whatever it was we did. We'll go f- for a tramp. And I would sit down with my mum with the same kind of conversation and she would just be, mm, yes, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's kind of find out what is the root here? What is the problem? Let, let's find the solution here. So as I grew up, I, I was always thinking, what is it about certain people that just kind of get on with the job? They just, they're okay. They, they're happy just to continue with life. Um, and with other people where I found myself and for years where I felt I was kind of stuck until I kind of figured out that one plus one equals two, I felt I couldn't move forward. I was in a way kind of felt like I was held back. And it led me on a path that for a long time in my Christian walk, um, I felt like I was just stuck until I heard from God or I felt that this was the, you know, like a horse, you know, that's in the gate. And the bell goes off and the gate opens and the horse goes out. I felt like I was always just stuck in that position of always just never being able to be released and moving forward. So that's just a bit about my background. And so today I just want to explore, you know, what, how is it that we go from that place of being in the starting gate and always feeling like we're stuck, we can't move forward. Maybe there's areas that you have seen breakthrough in, but there's other areas that you're still waiting to break through in. And there's just something that's pulling you back, that's holding you back from bringing you out of that gate where you can start running forward in strength that God's given you and start to fulfill your God-given call. Amen? Amen. All right? So let's just 
close our eyes and I'll just pray for, for the preaching. Father, we just thank you that we're all here today. That we're here, Father, because we love you. We are here, Father, because we need something from you, Father. We're here to fellowship and we're here to be imparted to, Father. We're here to listen to what you have to speak to our um, person on the inside. And we just pray that you would just anoint the word today, Father, anoint the preacher, that he will not uh, confuse anybody, but there will be clarity in the room and there will be breakthrough in the room and that we will be changed when we walk out of this building here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is the first time I'm doing this whole slide thing, so I don't know how this works, so I'll just I'll try not to look back there. But I do have a joke. Who likes jokes? Cool. Okay, so there was this boxer, right? He was going in for his first fight. There was a ring, he was going in for his first fight, and he's just about to step in when he's doing this. And up in the stands, there's a priest sitting there, and next to the priest is a Jewish man, and the Jewish man says to the priest, what does this mean? And the priest looks at him and says, nothing if he doesn't know how to fight. (laughs) So what's the moral of the story here? Okay, it's sinking in, good. What's the moral of the story here? That God wants to give us tools so we are ready and we know how to fight. We know how to progress in lives and we're not in a place where we're always feeling like we're being prepared or or we're stuck or whatever. But when you get into the ring, it's like, okay, now's the time to fight. Now's the time to move forward. Amen? So that, like that boxer, he's done all his preparation outside of the ring. He's done all of that. But now the real test is coming. The moment of truth. So I want to talk about three kind of stages, if you like, that we can go through in life, just in, in, in terms of what I'll be talking about. Um, the first stage I call, about, I call the pain or the process that we go through, right, as Christians. The second one I talk about, the promise. God comes and he gives us a promise. He sheds light on an issue. And the last one is the breakthrough. So this is something that's not mutually exclusive. This is something that we can, it's not like a book that you read in linear fashion, like you read the beginning, the middle, and the end, or watch a movie, the beginning, and the middle, and the end. It's something that can happen in lots of areas in your lives, and it can be in different stages. But perhaps there's one stage in your life that is just, you know, it's holding you back, and you're just needing something, you're just needing a breakthrough that's going to get you out of that rut. So let's look at the first scripture, Psalm 139, 23 to 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, look at that word. Was it wicked, right? Second line from the bottom, wicked. Do you know what that word actually means? I always read that verse and said, you know, God, I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a little worm. I'm just a wicked little person. You know, I want to become a good person. Please help me so I'm not this wicked little person. Do you know what that word actually means in the Old Testament? It means pain, mental pain, sorrow, or an idol in your life. So here's a man, David. Well, we presume that David wrote this, right? Because in the Psalms, here's a man that had a heart after God. And he was so set on saying, God, your will be done, not my will. And he wanted to go to God and say to God, look, God. I don't care what anybody else is saying. I don't care about the standards of the earth right now. I'm caring about how you see my heart and how my heart can become better so you can lead me in the way everlasting. 
Okay? So God has wanted to lead us into the way everlasting. And he is, David made the example here of saying, are we that people that are willing to go to God and do business with him? Know my heart. Try me. Try me, God. Come on. It's like when you step up to the guy and you want to have a fight. Come on. Try me. He's saying to God, God, try me. Test me. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. Is there any mental pain that I'm struggling with that's holding me back? Is there any anxiety that when I get myself in a certain position or a certain um, situation that I can't go forward because something is holding me back? Something that's been happened or a force, whatever it is, a demonic force, call it whatever you want it to be. God wants to bring you breakthrough in that. Mental sorrow, an idol, right? What's an idol? An idol is anything you run to when things get tough. It's a thing you'd be happy to give God up for. It's that thing when the going gets tough and the tough gets going. When the going gets tough, you like, stuff at God, I'm running away. Just like the Israelites, right? When the going got tough, they gave it all up and they made idols. It's that thing that you just want to substitute God for. It's a thing that you should be getting from God, but you run to it time and time and time again. It could be an anger issue. It could be an addiction. Right? Now, all of us have a past. And all of us are a product of the decisions that we've made and the environment that we grew up in. But there comes a point in your life where you stop being a victim of your past and you start being a victor of your past. Where your wounds get turned into weapons. And there's a lot of us that keep going through life and we're just dragging this big old chain behind us. And it just keeps coming with you wherever you go. And it just lashes out time and time again. And David said, enough of this. I want to get the blessing in every area of my life, and I don't want anything attached to me that's going to stop me from getting that blessing in that area of my life. So David was fervent with God. And he went to a secret place, and he spent time with God, and he did business. See, a lot of the times we look at people, and we see what's being manifested in the natural, you know, their success or whatever, and, and you know, you go, you go on Facebook, and people call it, fake book or brag book, and, you know, it's easy for us to compare ourselves with other people, all right? Play the comparison trap, the comparison game. But nobody ever knows what certain people had to do in their quiet time, what things they had to deal through to get where they are, right? Now, it's not all about money. It's not all about success. It's not about that. I'm not talking about the monetary things of life. I'm talking about us as people just getting away from the noise, turning off the TV, turning off the phone, and going to your prayer closet and just doing a heart-to-heart dealing with God. Because at the end of the day, just like the Bible talks about the talents that He's given us, God has given us the ability to seek Him and do business with Him and, and, and see He's given us our life, He's given us a heart. How much of God can you get in your heart until the day that you have go up to heaven? How much of God can you increase in your heart? And how much of the world can you get rid of? So when you come to the end of your life, you can say, God, I did what you asked me to do. I did my best to seek you. And those are the things that people don't talk about because the quiet place, the secret place is called the secret place for a reason, right? It's not something that, oh yeah, you know, it's something you do on your own. Nobody else sees it. It's not something you can ever take credit for. It's not something you should brag about. But we live in this world where everything we do, we've got to show. 
Look at me. Look at my car. Look at my trophy wife or whatever. Look how beautiful my kids are and, 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 and how well behaved they are. But what's really happening behind the scenes? What are you really doing in your quiet time? How deep are you really going with God? And that's what David did. So remember, you know, it's, it's, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, right, before he started his ministry. Even if, if he, the Son of God, needed some time alone, how much more us, right? Moses was in the desert for 40 years before he led the Israelites out of Egypt. 40 years. Imagine that. Having to think, okay, for the next 40 years, I'm going to prepare you. You're going to be wandering in the desert for the next 40 years, and then you're going to come into your call. Who's going to sign up for that? You know, but we struggle just to have five minutes alone with God a day. Jacob wrestled with the angel. Right? He was so that night when he wrestled with the with the angel. The Bible says that before he went and met with the angel, he went through a river. The river was called Jabbok. Do you know what Jabbok means? It means emptying. He went through the river of emptying. He came to the end of himself. I'm emptying myself right now. I'm emptying myself of my past. I'm emptying myself of my wounds, all my fears, all my experiences that are causing me to do what God does not want me to do. And he wrestled with the angel until daybreak. And he got his breakthrough. He wrestled with him. Right? And that word wrestling is not just like a passive thing. Oh, God, I'm here. Shandi, bandi, bandi. That's not what it is. It's like I'm wrestling, I'm taking hold, and I'm not letting go until I get my blessing. I'm not letting go until I get my breakthrough. I'm not, getting ho- I'm not letting go until you heal me from this pain that I'm going through. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people here that have had traumatic experiences as a child. And it's haunting you still to this day. And it's causing you to be, um, what's the word, malnutritious? Is that right, Pam? Malnourished, it's causing you to, to be malnourished in those areas of your life. It's causing you not to be effective, right? A plant can't grow without water and sunlight. There's a lot of areas in our lives where there's no light being shined on. There's no water being poured because you don't want to talk about it because it's too tough. It's too hard basket. Pandora's box, don't go there. No, don't want to talk about it. No, no, don't want to go there. Now, can we talk about something else, please? No, I don't, no, don't like that person. No, I don't like those people. No, why? Just don't. Just don't. Right? What are those things? Those little buttons people push. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> you know? Error, error. Uh, uh, uh. Malfunction. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know? Are you allowing God to push your buttons? Are you allowing Him to do that? Are you working through it? No. Why not? Because it doesn't matter. Too scared. Don't want to talk about it. It's got nothing to do with what I'm doing. Well, let me, I've got news for you. It is. It's affecting you. It's affecting your well-being. It's affecting your spiritual life. It's affecting your, your connection with God, your relationship with God. And sometimes, most often, it's connected to a person that you haven't forgiven. Right? So we had a lady that came up here this morning and she was talking about forgiveness. It's an important thing. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You know, I still have stuff that comes up from time to time. I'm like, flip, I thought I'd forgotten about that. And then this person 
that might have been connected to that event. And I'm like, I need to forgive this person. And there's, there's times and there's places for that, you know. If it's something that you feel you can't do on your own, then there's ministries, there's people in your life that are willing to help you through that. But you have to be, and pardon my French, you have to have the kahunas to, uh, to man up and be like David and say, test me, try me in this. Lead me in the way everlasting. If you want to be, if you want to be led in the way everlasting, that's what you've got to do. Cross-examine me. That's what one of the, um, I wrote that in there because that's one of the other um, translations. Cross-examine me. Right? Cross-examine. Why am I the way that I am? Why do I do the things that I do? Okay? Why do I, when somebody says something to me, I react like this? When I was a kid, um, they called me Freddy Krueger. Must have been because he was so good looking. Um, and yeah, for years that was just annoying. Freddy Krueger. Uh, Maybe I just slapped them once and ran away. I don't know. But um, you know, but I forgave those people, and I now I laugh about it. And I say, people ask me, "Oh, how do you spell your name?" When you ring up over the phone or signing up with something, and I say, "Freddy." Oh, how do you spell that? Oh, like Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah, yeah, great, great. So now I'm able to laugh about that. But now, <laughs> no people are so young these days; they don't even know who Freddy Krueger is. So that kind of backfires on me. That's probably a good thing. I never watched those movies anyway, by the way. Can you believe it? Okay, so that is... We're going to go on to the second part, which is the promise part. Okay, so that is what you're going through. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That means that when they laid that crown of thorns on his head and they pushed it into his skull, and those long thorns were piercing into his mind, that was a symbolic act of God saying, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So the peace that you need in your mental mind, the peace that you need in your life, it was upon Jesus. Don't you want that? Don't you want all that God has done for you on the cross? Or do you just want to come here, get your crunchies and go home? <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and you will go and pray me, pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Go to the next slide there. Oh, no, that's, no sorry, that one there. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All your heart. Everything. Now, there's this thing in psychology, it's called the Freudian slip. I don't like to talk about fraud in church, but there's this notion when you say something and it blurts out, there's a reason why you might have said it. And the Bible talks about it, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, right? Sometimes we say these things, it just comes out. Like, where did that come from? What, what is attached to that statement? Oh, you always do this. 
Why would it, I'm always scared, or I'm, I'm always afraid of doing that. I don't want to do that. Why, did, why do you say that? What is the reason behind it? There's always a reason. And God wants to purify that reason. Is it coming out of the goodness of your heart? Or is it coming out of something that, where there's fear attached to it? The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And I, I believe that there's certain things that God wants to do in our lives, but well, He's not able to do it because you're still being held back by something in your life. You're still being held back. God wants to bring promotion to people and business and relationships. Right? And, 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 um, and the spiritual realm, whatever it is, God wants to bring promotion to you and your walk with Him. He wants to bring promotion in your call so you're more propelled to what God actually wants to do with your life and, and have you have greater impact in the world and in people's lives. And the only way that's going to happen is if we allow God to work in those areas in our lives. Amen? Now the way that this is going to happen in our lives is if we start to believe that God is the God that He says He is. Amen. Amen? I had somebody once said, I think it was um, David Hogan, he said, you know, either God is the God who He says or He's not. Either He is the God that He says that He is or He's not. Either, either He's died for all, everything and we can obtain what he, the promise that He has for us or not. Right? He's God or not, right? I mean, did you just have enough faith to, to come into the Jesus Club and, that, and that's enough? Now that you've got your ticket to heaven, is, is that enough? Do you just have enough faith to just, God, I believe you, I repent. Thank you, Lord. Come live in my life. Holy Spirit, amen. But I don't have faith for anything more, really. Come on. God wants to do more. What do you have faith for? Yeah. Right? So I write down here, our faith is an activating agent. Faith is not just a word, but the point where you make a decision that you are ready for what God has. Lay hold on the promise, promises of God and reject the hold of negative emotions to allow God's word to take root. The truth you have faith in will bring the emotion connected with it. Okay? There's all this, this is thing about, I'm not going to get into it too much, but emotion versus faith, right? It's like, do I do it because I feel like it or I just do it because God said and I can easily get up, and I'm like, I don't feel like today, man. I don't want to get up today. I don't feel like getting up out of bed. I don't want to go to work or whatever. Da, 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 da. And if I allow myself to bathe in that emotional pool, that cesspool that I've just created for myself, I'm not going to be very effective that day. Then we've got to make a decision. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is where you've got to read your word. This is where you've got to believe what God says is your reality. The Bible says that, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. Seek ye first his kingdom, his reality. His kingdom come, his will be done. And his righteousness, his character. There's two parts that he's saying there. His kingdom, God, I want your kingdom. In my life, in my bedroom, in my house. I want the attributes of your kingdom, your Holy Spirit kingdom, in my life. And 
His righteousness. And I want your character. I want your external existence and I want your internal existence. There's a lot of us that live in this internal existence that God wants to multiply. He wants to, he wants to grow. He wants to bring freedom. Right? He wants to break you free from all that stuff that you're going through. And then what happens in the internal is going to manifest in the external. Amen? So we have to believe. We've got to have faith. 1 Samuel 1.18. I didn't put it up there. This is about Hannah. Hannah prayed. Who knows the story about Hannah? Hannah wanted a boy so bad. Right? She had a little boy, Samuel. And she prayed to God, God, I want a boy so bad that I will raise him up and I will dedicate him to you and he will be a man of God and he will be a prophet and I will, do, I will, dedicate, I will just do whatever it is that you want me to do in, in terms of raising this boy because I want a boy so bad. So she goes out and she prays. She goes to the temple and she prays and she pours out her heart to the soul and she prays so fervently that the priest that was there was like, you're drunk. Obviously, she was praying in a fashion that was something that he might never have seen because had he had known or had he had seen this before, he might not have made that comment. But she was praying in such a manner where he was like, man, you're wasted. Get out of here. But she was like, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just praying because this is what God's put in my heart. This is what I really want. And so she prayed so fervently. And it says here, Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. It's like, it's done. I've prayed. I've said my peace with God. It's done. I have faith for it. I'm gonna, now I'm going to go eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to choose to live in that place of emotion anymore. I'm done with that emotion. Because I believe. I've prayed. That prayers come out of a place of emotion, of, 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 of wanting uh, uh, um, you know, something that I believe God wants me to have. And then it's done. There's peace. Breakthrough. Go on with life. Get up. Go to work. Brush your teeth. Comb your hair. Put some roll on. Um, I should share this, and I know my wife is smiling from the back because she knows that I'm preaching to myself as well. But my wife, lovely wife in the back there, her name is Pam. Her and I are alike in so many ways. But and the biggest thing that we're completely different is that she... I should say I, I am the more emotional one. I used to joke, oh, I'm like the, uh, I'm like the wife in the marriage. <laughs> um, but Pam is able to get up and let's get on, let's do it. You know, obviously there's times where she shares and she's not a, it's not like we, can, we, we have to become robots and, and um, you know, we're sharing this emotion there, but she has the ability of not being uh, dictated to by her emotions. I get that more than, than her, and um, so much so that recently we had to have a discussion about it because, um, you know, as, as humans, as humans we, we like to run to our comfort place, right? The day is so hard. Oh, what a hard day. i just got to have a beer right now. I deserve it, don't I? Or I've got to get home. i just got to flick on the TV. I don't want anybody to bother me. I've had a tough day. I don't feel like it. I don't want to talk. Da, da, da. I just want to watch a bit of TV, even just for half an hour. Please, can you just watch the kids or whatever? And um, my wife is just a soldier in that respect where she's able just to charge through. And um, I think it's a big lesson there is that um, 
we need to decide, okay, God, I believe you, and I'm not going to let my emotions take hold right now. And the last bit is the um, breakthrough part, which is Isaiah 43, 13. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wow. So, now you're at this place where, sure, you might still remember what's happened in the past, but you're no longer being controlled by it. The pain is left. The pain is not attached to that memory anymore. You still have the memory. God has taught you, He's taught you, He's, he's grown you, he's, he's brought you out of that place. And now you're able to help other people who are going through the same thing. Because now it's not coming from an emotional place, it's coming from a place of strength. Hey, I was there, I'm now here, I know what it's like, come over here. If I'm here and that person's there, what do we do? I'm stuck. This is box here. But if that person's here and you know you've been through something that God's dealt with you and you've got healing, you've got victory, you can help somebody to come out of that place. Amen? Look at David. Let's look at David again. You know, he was anointed king as a young man. And for 15 years, 15 years, he was on the run. He was promoted by a king that ended up wanting to kill him. So David is running for 15 years of his life, and he's hiding from cave to cave to cave, wondering, what am I doing here with all these other men that are sweaty and just complaining and grumbling, and I'm in this cave, and I've been here for 15 years. When is my day going to happen? When, when is my day of manifestation? When am I going to be released into what God has for me? But he didn't, blame, he didn't play the blame game. And he fought the good fight of faith. And what he did was, he took what God had given him, and he turned those men into 300, the mighty 300. Right? The Bible taught that there's, there's that movie, The 300. There's a 300 for you right there. You know, we talked about when they fought their wars, their battles, their swords were stuck to their hands. They were like one with his sword. And that's what we're going to be like, amen? Where God's going to teach us and he's going to deal with us. He's going to do the inner workings of the heart. We're not going to be afraid to go to those places. We're not going to be afraid to bring them up and talk to God about it because he is the healer. Bible says that every tear that we shed, He captures in the bottle. Every tear. That means that every tear that you shed is so precious to Him. It's not one tear that falls to the ground. Every tear has got a reason. And we believe God, and we believe that the Bible is true, and that every promise in there is for us. And we're going to get victory, and we're going to go from strength to strength, and we're not going to live out of this this place of, of woe is me. We're going to take charge and we're going to be on the 
uh, forefront. We're going to be on the, the, the offenses, offensive, not the defensive. And we're going to take that sword and it's going to be like one with us. And we're going to battle through life. We're going to battle through the lies, through the lies of the enemy. And we're going to take people with us. Amen. You just have to come to a place where it's like enough's enough. I'm done. I'm done letting this world where the devil has so much say and so much influence. I'm done listening to his lies. I'm done. Um, there was another preacher, Rodney Howard Brown. God spoke to him once and he said that, God said to him, you know, my job is to prepare people for heaven. So when they come into heaven, they're not, they don't feel like complete strangers. Right? So what home are you preparing yourself for? We're sojourners. The Bible says we're sojourners. We just pass through this life. Our life is but a vapor. We start somewhere, we finish somewhere. What home are you preparing yourself for? What lies do you need to get rid of in your life? Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is Jesus talking. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. We just got to read a Bible and know what God did for us and say, I want that. I want that. I don't care about the outward appearance. If I need to dance naked in my room, nobody's watching like David did. If, you know, if, if I'm doing that, you know, whatever. Whatever it is you need to do to just go after God. You know, what you guys do in the private place, in your secret place, is going to affect what you do here. If we come together as a corporate body, imagine if all of us are seeking God in our secret place every day. And we're getting breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And we come in here together on a Sunday. And you're carrying this breakthrough. And you're worshipping from that place of breakthrough. And it's rubbing off from the, to the person next to you. Imagine how electric this atmosphere is going to be. Right? If we just, Sunday church is just a Sunday thing. I'm just here for a couple hours. That's it. I'm gone. And you come in here every week. It's like starting up a, like, you know what I mean? Come in ready charged. Imagine what God's going to do. If we start laying... That's our foundation that we start laying. Imagine what the miracles and amazing things that can happen here. Amen? So, we all have a personal responsibility. Amen? Not just for yourself, but for the people that you live with, for your children, for your family members, for your nieces, your nephews, your uncles, everybody. To do what you need to do, so we live by the Bible standard, right? So I'm closing up. I'm, I'm finishing off here now. Um, so let's just close our eyes.